just like that, they buy it. They eat it up. You pander to them, you thank them. I mean, really, people, I thought you were a little bit smarter than that. I mean, it's just so easy wow. to say the name of the city. You cheer. Hey, oh, Stephanie, you. Stephanie, you just cheer. I just, mean, just come on. Welcome to the A Show. Welcome back to the A Show with the Kings of Pro Wrestling Podcast. I am Justin, back again after a week. Uh, I'm here with Meals. Meals, how you doing, Oos? Well, I got to welcome you back because you weren't on last week. Yes. It was yes. the homie Stat Guy Greg, which I have to give a shout out to him because he just got engaged. So shout out to Stat Guy Greg. Make sure you do a lot of congratulations for him because big step. Congrats and congrats and thank uh, you know I gotta say thank you Stat Guy Greg for for kind of uh, being the the mystery partner uh, at the end of the night at ten fifty <laughs> who's it gonna be right <laughs> because he did come in kind of a well you well you know I we kind of knew that I wasn't gonna be on the show we just didn't say anything right um, we wanted to leave it as a surprise but I, I'm really thankful that um that he was able to come through and you know I, I am de- definitely all in favor of him being a, a permanent. Uh, permanent replacement so to speak <laughs> uh, before the show got cut off last week oh yeah, yeah. so the, definitely the discussion was before the show got cut off because wow <laughs> that was a life-threatening uh thing for a bit because we definitely talked for 80 minutes and it was a great episode as you all heard but that little part got cut off and then we decided to do a little tna impact you know bah, 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 um which was great i hope you guys all enjoyed those commercials but he definitely asked that listen when one of us is out he has no problem being the backup and listen, what, what, what do you think about that? I, I think it's cool. That's a good idea. I like yeah, it. I think it's great. He's I lo- great. We love he, Greg. He always has a, a great perspective and he's, he, I think his, his views align with ours a lot mm-hmm. um, on a lot of things. It's just, it's just as far as like, and we'll talk about it, you know, on the show today, where it's like, we're, we're kind of, I feel like a lot of people don't see the forest for the trees. And a lot of people take, don't take things that just like, they try and think a lot more deeper into it than it just being like, Hey, this is just the way that it is. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think it's like, that's that type of perspective that I, that I really respect. And I think a lot of people respect about us is that like, we're not going to go too far right or too far left. And you know, on a lot of different things, like we might randomly do so, i.e. Kyrie Sane and Oscar, but like, <laughs> or the iconics, but like for the most part, we're pretty even killed. And I think that's what people appreciate. And that's what I appreciate most about, about Greg is that he shares that in common with us. So without further ado, we have a very, very stacked show, especially within uh, no holds barred this week. You wanted to get right into it, Mills? Yeah, I mean, I'd say we get right into it. I think, you know, there's been sort of two major things that have come out this week that's kind of outside of WWE. It's actually making me thinking what's the what's the, what's going to be the future with us discussing AEW. But um well, I, I think I I I'll, I'll try and answer this. Go ahead. Uh I think we're definitely going to be covering it. Mm-hmm. I think it's I mean We've been covering WWE so long there because there has been no competition. I think it would be a great injustice to not cover it and not talk about that fan base, even though we we talk so much trash about them. But I think that honestly, as much as complaints I have about the fan base, 
I think the actual product is not that bad. I think the product's actually pretty, pretty, pretty good. Right. So I, I don't have a problem covering it, honestly. It's not like impact, you know, like. <laughs> that is true. Um, listen, AEW's Double or Nothing was last week, Saturday. Yes. Um, live from, where was it again? Las Vegas? It was in Las Vegas, yes. Las Vegas, the MGM Grand Garden Arena. Fans sold out. Sold out for AEW, man. And what a, I mean, what is, I would say, first thing I would ask is, and we just have just a general discussion on it, what's your overarching, like, opinion of the show just in general? Less of, less than, all right, let's go match by match. What do we think of the entire show and the first, like, true product that they have their name on that they put out? I think that, um, and, I, and I said this before, but I, I liked the show. I thought it was really solid. Um, I did not catch the pre-show at all but i didn't hear that that i heard that was not pretty good at all <laughs> no the pre-show was pretty terrible yeah i agree um i did i watched the pre-show but it wasn't anything of like you know i th- if, if that's your this was kind of like the first introduction to aew i don't think it was a good one because right. it was kind of like a lot of i mean it's your it's introduction to sort of a lot of the undercard and people who they brought in and stuff like that so you have people like you know joey janela and jimmy havoc and and brian pillman jr will presumably be on aew and maybe mga mjf as well who ended up kind of really kind of stealing the show adam page who ended up winning the entire thing but then you kind of had people like yo like sean spears and Billy Gunn and and Tommy Dreamer and some things that just kind of like we're doing this okay I guess we're doing this I mean it's 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 a, it's the casino battle royal so for me the um, especially even the rules in itself I feel like it was just it was interesting in terms of the five enters you know five wrestlers enter every three minutes type of deal but I wasn't really like eh, it, it didn't do anything much for me. Right. So, I mean, when you get into like the main show, um, this was obviously crowd was hot from beginning to end. I, I, you know, there's just no denying that that they these are as much as again we we talk about how they you know like the social media presence of them is that like the 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 fans are clamoring for an alternative, and I think that's something that's been, been obvious all weekend is that. I think the positive of this is that these people do get an alternative where it's mm-hmm. like they get to see the people that they really liked on the independence and a bigger stage with, with production and stuff that they feel as though that they need. Like there was pyro, there was, you know, all types of different things that you don't normally see in a, <clears throat> in a WWE environment. And I think that like, you know, just, just the opening match was, was really solid. I thought that the, uh, the women's four way was, was pretty solid. I thought that pretty much everything, I don't, I don't think there was anything like, other than the main event, which I'm sure we'll get to, that was like just you know astoundingly bad. Like I thought everything was pretty damn good on the show. I mean, I thought they had a couple matches on the card that I cared, I didn't so much care about. I think that six woman tag team match was. Oof. Um, it didn't kind of. It, it needed an attraction. That's all I'll say. And uh, maybe, and maybe that's like I don't watch a lot of Joshi. Mm-hmm. I don't think you do either. I, I no, think no, that no. The, a lot of a lot of people that do watch Joshi, like they really did like the match. I thought that it was like I've seen very little Joshi, honestly. But like mm-hmm. I, I think that like if you were a big fan of that, then you you would fuck with it. But I mean, I, I thought that it was to me not a bad match, but it was very like by the numbers of like if this if you like Joshi, you will love this. But if you're introduced, you know, this is your introduction to it. This is kind of what it is, and. No. 
That's what I looked at it as. That's what that's just what I looked at it as. You know, I thought in terms of just AEW double or nothing, and this being the first show and the be attraction thing, I I say probably one thing I would have done or changed or added to the show is I probably would have added a lot more video packages or a lot more conversations with these guys so mm-hmm. people kind of get to know them because I felt like you know you have this character MJF who's kind of who's who's positioning himself to be like that very snarky annoying possibly mid-card to upper mid-card heel and kind of people don't really know about him um but he's in the you know he's in the ring with Bret Hart and, and Adam Page and things like that so he's kind of you know people are getting kind of notice him I for the women I think that could have definitely been used Dr. Britt Baker Nyla mm-hmm. Rose Kylie Ray, just something to sort of introduce them beyond the fact of like all right, here are these wrestlers. They're walking out now. And I think more so, I think probably what I like most when the shows start becoming a weekly type of thing is usually when there is kind of these monthly things, you kind of like forget about it because there's no necessarily no buildup to it. You don't have any sort of a- attachment to these matches outside of maybe the, you know, the triple main event that has been built up for quite some time. Yeah. And a lot of people don't watch being the elite. So that's why I'm like, I'm, it's going to be very interesting to see how they can like how this congeals. Honestly, when they have a weekly television show, we still don't know how long it's going to be. Um, mm-hmm. We don't know what day it's going to be on, but it's like, what, you know, it's, it's, easy to see at the top of the car who's going to be a, a, a um, definitely a factor obviously the, you know the, the, the top four guys are going to be the kind of like the, the main guys here but the, the, the lower card is going to be very interesting because it's like I, I have really no clue is it going to be like Janela or is it going to be you know who's going to be on the, on, the, on the bottom of the card here um, but I, I mean you also have the, the Cody and, and, and here's my thing before I even get to this match like the show did a lot of great things to me mm-hmm. but things that set it back were plentiful here. Like JR's commentary was one. I thought yeah. he was, he was trim, like atrocious throughout the whole night. I thought, but I thought Excalibur was good. So it was like two steps, you know, two steps forward, one step back there. I you know, thought, I, I feel like in terms of, I just want to, you know, harp on the JR thing. I feel like in terms of sort of this company and it's sort of moving forward. And it's not that, I, you know, JR is still really good. JR, I, all right, let me choose my words wisely. Um, JR is still a name that's reputable in terms of what he does in his line of work. Mm-hmm. However, um, I think we need new voices, man. And I think WWE has done a great job over the last 10 years establishing new voices. At, at first, it was met with resistance, a lot of resistance, especially still. for Michael Cole. Still. Um, but I do think they've established, like on SmackDown, they have this kind of young group or who are friggin' incredible. Tom Phillips, Byron Saxon, and Corey Graves are just magic. And then they've also established Renee Young, who wasn't the best at the beginning, but is getting there as well. I think if we start incorporating new voices, I mean, if they're, if they're, I, I, I could see Jim Ross as being a consultant, and I think that's great for what he does because he seems to have this still passion for wrestling and kind of the fundamentals and kind of bringing it back there. But in terms of just being on, I can't hear him being on that thing every week, especially in the social media era. And it's like, everything's moving so fast. I don't, I don't know how he's doing that every week. Yeah. It, I, I don't, I, I can't see it, especially with some of the, the talent there. It's like, how is he going to, you know, but I'm sure he'll tell me different. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. No, nah, fuck it. I mean, JR does a lot of fucked up shit instead of a lot of fucked up shit off, you know, off air. Like I, I just think that he's, you know, really literally, He's just not what he used to be. And again, Excalibur, I don't know if you were familiar with Excalibur from PWG. On the other hand, he was great. 
I thought if he if we just had Excalibur and not Alex Marvez and and Jr. There, he would have been fucking great because he he does a lot of PWG stuff by himself too. Mm-hmm. So like I thought he would have I thought you know he was a massive improvement over Jr. And it was just like the the gulf of talent and just hungriness and not hungriness but hunger w- w- was just there. But um but you know getting to the Cody and, and Dustin match, um one thing that sat and this honestly soured me on the match for the first ten minutes was was the entrance. Like I thought the entrance was was silly as fuck. You know. A lot of this, what I've, what I, what I would love about AEW is them kind of learning to exist within their own bubble. But I understand as a company, and and especially catering towards the fans, who themselves, to me, a lot of a lot of the support and a lot of the a lot of the attention, a lot of the hype that's been brought up is a, is a lot of it's funneled through the actual fans themselves. The discussions they're having on social media, on message boards, and all this other type of shit about like, yo, is this the alternative to the WWE? Oh, here's how they're doing so much better things in WWE. Blah 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 blah. And to me, this is kind of catering towards that. Now, I think it's tacky. Um, I think it's tacky to get that, you know that i don't know that cracker barrel thrown and and throw something at it and the sparks come flying out of it i thought that was really kind of whack mm-hmm. um however i see what he's doing i mean it's a, a lot of it is just so the the internet marks can just kind of be like ooh I, like a lot of it's sort of that um and then, you know what a lot of people appreciate that a mm-hmm. lot of people love the oh he's taking shots at, at Triple H wow is it is it corny but, it's corny but, so I, I mean so we 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 get that and also in this match is Dustin by the way who's also had some comments about WWE over the last week so uh, I mean I mean sure sure he's got those comments but fuck him because like he called WWE a prison and it's like that's for one you don't don't joke like that like prison is serious like. No one's keeping you there, you know, against your will. And no one's kept him there like nine times. <laughs> yeah, like like he well, he's been hired and fired there a million times. It's like I know you're trying to work yeah. the marks. You're trying to work the marks, but like, come on, bro. Like yeah, you're not sending. Yeah. You know, like Tony Nese isn't sending carrier pigeons over a wall, <laughs> right? To to somebody like if if they want to be there and they're cool with being there, then then you know let let that happen. There there are some people there that might be cool with what they do there, and, and my, that's my thing. That's also bothering me about the discourse that's happening after this show. And I really want to get to that too, but it's like, well, I'll just wait till we get to that. But, but um, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. In terms of that. Well, all right. You know what? We can talk about it when we talk about the discourse. Let's talk about the actual show itself. Yes. Um, because I do think a lot of Cody versus Dustin to me, oof, that's a lot of blood. That's the first, that's my first, uh, he bled a lot. <laughs> he bled a lot. I think he cut himself. It, it, but it was weird the spot that he, he he started bleeding because, I mean, he started bleeding a little bit and then like Brandy speared him and then he started bleeding a lot. And I was just like, <laughs> ah, how did this happen? Like, yeah. did she spear you into your head busting open? Like, it, is she it, that strong? God damn. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen, talk about wrestling, right? Um, but overall, I, I I thought the end was really good. The end was very good, I thought. I think they're good at these really emotionally charged matches. I mean, to quite to be quite honest with you, a match that I enjoy over the last decade or so. Um it's the it's it's the it's the tag team match with Cody and Dustin or Cody and Goldust versus the Shield and, and with you know with uh Dusty Rose in their corner. And to mm-hmm. me, that's a very emotionally charged match. These these people are um both the Rose, both Cody and 
you know, Goldust love telling stories, but they also love grabbing on the sort of um, tugging on the heartstrings of the fans. And that's kind of what I felt like this was. Um, Dustin is just a great baby face still with the comeback, still with the, like, still with the moves and things like that. Um, I thought what he contributed to this match was incredible. Yeah. Especially just showing that, you know, they are going to allow blood and that's going to be like a thing for AEW, which is, you know, very it's a massive thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very big thing. Um, there, they have the leeway to do so. They don't really have major investors questioning why there's still blood on this program. That's yeah. kind of what they, that's the edge they have over WWE in some points is that they are a small company. So what they have now isn't going to be as scrutinized to the level that they are. I could live without the blood. I I'm cool with blood being every so often, you know, yeah. if that's going to be like a, 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 all the time thing. I I think I've grown out of that, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. Um, I thought the Bucks match was good. That was another, the other main event on the sh- on the show. I thought it was a good. I mean, it was a Bucks match. Honestly, if you've seen a Bucks match, you know they're always going to be at you know at a, at a level that's above most tag team matches. I thought it was really really good. Uh, they right. went against the Lucha Brothers. Um, I, I thought that that uh, Phoenix was fucking phenomenal in that match. Yeah, he, he did a lot of crazy shit there. I, yeah, I think both of them are just incredible talents and stars and could be attractions for AEW moving forward if they choose to do so. Yeah. Um, just for what they bring. I mean, yeah, I, I thought, I thought it was a great match as well. Uh, the main event though, um, there's gotta be a real conversation had about Kenny Omega at this point. I think that the lay, well, I was already concerned about the layover of, of him. He hasn't wrestled in six months at mm-hmm. least. Uh, or at least wrestled in that capacity or, you know, a big match like that. And it showed, I, I thought that Kenny has visibly, you know, degraded, you know, since, <laughs> since new Japan. And I, and I think this has been happening for, for almost a year now. I, I thought that the match as a main event, it was not good. I thought that honestly, if you keep it a hundred, I, I think that the Cody and Dustin match could have closed the show. Right. Um, I think that the Omega Jericho match, of course it had the, uh, it had the, you know, the stipulation that whoever wins goes against Adam Page. So I thought it was pretty clear from the outset what was really going to happen in a lot of ways <laughs> as far as where they go with that, especially with Adam Page being a face and Kenny being a face as well. Mm-hmm. I, I just thought it was a very slow paced, like almost at times boring main event that I thought that for the crowd that they, they weren't as hot for it as they were for everything else. And that's mostly because they, they had just did the back to back of the Cody Dustin match and the Bucks Lucha Brothers match. But it was like, you know, I, I thought the crowd was, you know, audibly a little bit more silent than on that than everything else. But I just thought that Omega himself was just like he's supposed to be able to carry guys like Jericho, and I thought that like Jericho was also very. <laughs> but slow. I think, I think, um, yeah, I think. Well, I think that's really sort of the main, the main, my main gripe about this match is usually I think the, the Kenny Omega match. Um, I think he's used to either someone hitting at the same speed or moving at the same speed or something of the rather in terms of like when I'm deliver something, you're delivering it back. When I'm giving it to you, you're giving it back. Um, I think there's only so much that Chris Jericho can do at this point in his career. Um, Chris Jericho is, I think, a crafty performer at this stage of his career. And he's doing, I mean, in terms of the work that he's doing, he's for the age that he is, I think he's probably doing better than anyone at his age is currently doing. I'll say that as a sort of compliment. However, though, um, it's not, I mean, I think 
what I like, what I'd say after this match is I'm done with this combination for a long time. Yes, please, please. I'm done it. with Jericho Omegas. I'm done with you know the the sort of the luster of it all. The Alpha versus the Omega was something that and people were initially excited about, and we were initially excited about. But the fact that it's been done multiple times afterwards, it Good hasn't twice. gotten any better. Yeah, I mean, well, it hasn't gotten any better. So the fact that it was done the first time, it wasn't better, and then the second time they kind of doubled down. Um, doesn't make it any better. But it hasn't been done any better. I think we're over it for right now, um, which is weird to say, considering they're probably the two currently only main event guys in the company. <laughs> well, well, well. As of the roster. Oh, but oh, 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 oh. I mean, oh. they added them. They added another one. So uh, Chris Jericho with a terrible, uh, <laughs> terrible back elbow. Did you? Did you got? Did you see? Did you catch that? That's his new finisher. I forgot what it was called. Uh, <laughs> It's called the uh, the Judas effect. It's the oh, Judas yeah, effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Judas yeah. effect. Yeah. I mean, that's the old man moves, man. That's like yeah. when you don't want to take back bumps or knee bumps or. Or when he doesn't want to do the fucking the moonsault anymore. That's what yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's stand up for it. But uh, Chris Jericho has a history of trying to come up with finishing maneuvers that aren't quite the lion tamer or the lion. And that are, and that are stolen from other people. Uh, yeah. Hi, Andrade. Um, so, <laughs> John Moxley. We we call I think you called it um correctly. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, we talked about it. So Greg and I talked about it last show of like if you need someone to kind of put this thing on the map, you're really gonna have to bring Dean Ambrose in. And we a lot of people had reservations because he's like, Oh, he's filming a movie. I'm like, Okay, and that's kind of like wrestler buff. Like they they love to tell you that because they don't want you to see that they're coming, especially mm-hmm. someone like John Moxley. Mm-hmm. Um, but he shows up at the end of the show. Walks through the crowd, gets an incredible reaction, um, and lays out both guys. Yeah, beats the shit out of Kenny. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess this kind of leads us right into the. Uh, well, well, before I think before we get into it, let's talk about a little bit of the the post show and the reactions of the show because a lot of people, I think, there's been a lot of things said about this show and a lot of things said about it in comparison to WWE. A lot of people have compared it like, listen, man, they're taking it to like another level. And, you know, one thing I will applaud them for that WWE does not do. This is one thing that WWE should do that they don't do. Um, A lot of press was there for AEW's double or nothing. Mm -hmm. I think WWE sorely needs unbiased press when they're sort of covering their talent. I like the general aspect of like, it's kind of like the NBA where you have like, they're in the locker room and they're like people from like ESPN or the ring or like bleacher report or something along those lines. Like that kind of was what happened there. Um, WWE doesn't tend to do that, which kind of, they like to sort of funnel their own story and, and make up their own story and not have it sort of deviate from the narrative. But, you know, there was also like other things about like, yo, Cody's so woke and, you know, I mean, so I mean, it's 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 that it's the, the show's on par with any WrestleMania. It's it's you know, it's a lot of stuff that came out of this, and I think that we were prepared for it at the time. But it was like, <clears throat> like I didn't expect. Well, I, I guess I kind of did expect for it to be as insane as it as it was. As far as just like, oh my God, Sasha Banks is tweeting about him. It's like, yeah, I mean. Sure, she can. Like it, you know, it, it's not everyone like, was tweeting about. New Day was tweeting about it. Like, yeah, it was like who cares? Like it, it was just crazy. Like the the Cody thing rubbed me the wrong way because I think that that was a signal boosting moment where it's like you know AOC tweeted it and it was like well you know she's not endorsing it. She's just saying right. that it was cool that he that he showed that 
uh, you know, he showed that sentiment. But to me, like, I don't know if you agree, Mills, it was just like, it took you, you know, it took for him to be married to a black woman for him to even notice that, but not even notice it before she told him. Right. You know, it's like, it's like, there are certain questions that people aren't even just asking about this. It's just like, oh my God, this is hope. This is change. It's like, but I'm seeing that from a lot of white people saying that. I agree. And I, you know what? I'll say this. There was an article and, you know, I don't want to shit too much on the undefeated and stuff, but there was an article with Brandy Rose and it was kind of like a profile kind of deal. And she had a comment of like, listen, there, my job isn't any harder because I'm black. It's because I'm Cody Rhodes's wife. Right. And I was just like, bruh, are you kidding me? First of all, it's face palm, all of it. Yeah. It's face just palm. And and you know what? I, I wanna wish Brandy all the greatest things that she do, but the thing is it's like when you when you've been in the business for people don't necessarily shit on Stephanie McMahon for the position that she is, and they both hold the same position is because Stephanie McMahon is experienced. Mm-hmm. She's been in the company for a ton of years. She's had that sort of thing going for her. The reason people the reason why it may be an upward struggle is because you just don't have the experience. I mean, yes, you have a master's degree. That's great. But you don't have the experience being the COO of a company. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have an experience sort of being able to handle talents and, and all these other things. And I mean, particularly, I mean, her last job before this was a ring announcer and then she became a wrestler. And now she's expected to hold this role where she's in charge of all the women and how women move forward and a lot of things like that. And, by all means, I'd say best of luck to you. But that's not really why the reason why it's not. Uh, sort you're of black. Pre- yeah, <laughs> you're black in professional wrestling. Yeah, you're black. And you're a woman. And you're a woman. You and have, you're a woman. By the way, <laughs> there's so many strikes against you that the Rhodes name does not matter. That Rhodes might, name doesn't matter. That in fact, the Rhodes name don't even hinder Cody. Really, it, it, the Rhodes name has always helped Cody in a lot I, of ways. I, I think. I think what they like is also the narrative and and a lot of it is and we're going back to the cody and <laughs> triple h moment is um it's always been an us versus them thing with the roads and the wwe i feel like mm-hmm. they've never really truly felt accepted in the wwe and it's a real actual tangible thing that they're kind of leaning on as much as dust dusty was a great part of nxt and everyone beloves him there there's always been over the last two decades, it's like my family has not been treated right by the WWE. The polka dots shit. Right, right. <laughs> the polka dots, all these other things, the gold dust gimmick, them sort of not being able to work with Dustin, but able to give him this sort of gimmick, which is like, you know, sort of taking them out of his element. Cody Rhodes end up leaving himself or this sort of, you know, just how he's been handled in the WWE, a lot of things. It's it's a lot of you know narrative sort of coming to light and coming at the same time a lot of different things. I and think. it's great it's it's great to have that narrative. It's great to have all of that. But it's like when you're setting yourself to be, we are way more morally high than these people. And it's just like okay, you work with the cons who are also Trump supporters. Cody, you yourself supported Ted Cruz. I think that it's really yeah, people should really just calm down, take a break. Also, the Bucks. Mike Pence supporters. I mean, really, you know, like let's stop trying to, to hold high moral ground for pro wrestling. It's all trash, right? It's all trash. You know, WWE's going to Saudi Arabia and people are going to talk about how, what AEW is doing or what, what they're doing. It's just like, okay, but when they start getting investors and they start seeing that bag and it starts changing, then what's going to happen? It's all good right now. Mm-hmm. But I think the AEW needs to focus on the wrestling. 
I think they need to just yeah, they need to focus on AEW as a bubble. They do not need to bring the like I I cool for for double or nothing right now, but it's just like you got Moxley cutting anti WWE promos. It's just like you you can't say this is a revolution and then in the first the first time you're showing you're you're beating up VPs of the company. Right. You know, it's like it just doesn't make this it's not like this isn't a this isn't stone cold reborn because you guys tried to do that with Becky Lynch a couple months ago. Like mm-hmm. this is its own thing. And it's like I, I think that they are too worried about what WWE is doing. Who I mean, honestly, for all intents and purposes, we have a, a solid plan of what they're going to be doing. We know right. what's going to happen with them. We know what's, what it is. We know what this product is. And, you know, for better or worse creatively and we'll get to this when we talk about moxley that's what we know we're gonna get with AEW, i still don't know but i do know the one thing impacted the same shit for years Mm -hmm. and they were always second i've so that's kind of like in terms of just moving forward with AEW, that's kind of also been my thing as well is that we really kind of need to focus on AEW. my focus is on how do i get to know these guys Mm -hmm. how do i get to really absorb these guys i think a lot of things from the past have told you that an influx, while the talent is good, an influx of major WWE-bred talent doesn't always end up the best for everybody. Um, WCW sure will show like, you that. Like, Moxley's going to get them some eyes. Oh, yeah. Sure. yeah. But like, he's, to me, he'll be known as the WWE guy who jumps ship. And eventually, it, listen, this is my experience just from watching WCW, from watching Impact, from watching most other, you know, things. They leave WWE, but then they always come back. Yeah. And they're known as WWE guys. That's kind of the thing, too, right? So it's kind of like you, you see Impact Wrestling and the roster that they had. a lot. The most flourishing period they had was when they had the Styles, Christopher Daniels, Samoa Joe, and a lot of the people that they were sort of cultivating on their own and rebuilding those stars and getting their name out there and all this other stuff. And that's when they were averaging a million viewers and maybe more than that, et cetera, et cetera. That's when they were kind of doing that. Um, When they started leaning so much on them was when they had a problem. And then when everyone was leaving, that's when they had a problem. I think you need to sort of start focusing on building up the Adam Pages, the MJFs, the um, a lot of the other guys, the Young Bucks. This is the first time Young Bucks is on a national stage, um, uh, the biggest stage that they've had in America. Yep. I think you need to start focusing on those and really start bringing those characters to life. It's 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 different. We you know, and we're going to talk about the John Moxley thing. But it's different now because there's not a lot of stakes on the line. There's right. not a lot of things being done. There's not a lot of characters being built. But when the creative starts to kick in, then things are going to get a little bit different, I'm mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Like there, There's no story right now. Yeah, there's no story right <laughs> we'll, we'll now. We'll see so what happens. Not, there's not much to critique. All you got is, damn, those matches were good. Well, WWE has a great match every week. <laughs> like at least <laughs> two every week. Um and you can't compare a pay-per-view to the like weekly television shows where things are being written and things, but it is what it is. But look, you know what? Let's transition. Yeah. We got to get to this John Moxley stuff. Um, so he did appear on talk is Jericho, uh, his, his first interview post, uh, WWE. Uh, he talked about a lot of things. He t- uh, I mean, Mills, you want to like run down some things that you heard when you listen to it? I listened to some of it and the rest of it, I was, I was just, I, I, I don't like the way he tells stories. So I just kind of cliff noted the rest. So what I can say is from this John Moxley interview, I think he came in extremely hot. 
Um, yeah, he did not stop talking from the moment they said hi. <laughs> but 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 I think a lot of it was so. All right, how do I you know, travel these thoughts? Um, I think he came in extremely hot, and I think he came in with a purpose. I think he came in with a purpose because a lot of things have been said in terms of why he's left WWE, how he's leaving WWE, why what happened when he left WWE, and all of those have not been first-handed information. Mm-hmm. And we watch sort of dirt sheets and we've watched people and a lot of people try to characterize what Dean Ambrose leaving WWE was, but not really know why. So I think he, a lot of excitement and a lot of why he came in really, really hot was mainly because like he wanted to tell his story and a lot of his story, the overarching theme of his story, I can respect. I didn't like it here. I didn't like what they were doing. I want to leave. I didn't walk out. I didn't, um, I didn't, you know, just try to sit out through the rest of my contract. I fulfilled my obligations and then I pieced out. Um, that part I can, you know, I, I do respect that part. I think overall, though, with, you know, the timing of this, um, everything coming with this, this is definitely like, yo, we've got all the juice right now. Let's continue to add more. And then, yeah. and, and Um, I, I think that, you know, and it's been it's been compared to the punk thing. I think it's nothing like the punk interview. Um, he was not he was only really negative towards one person. Uh, everyone else pretty much got off scot free. I have to say, like he he repeatedly said there are a lot of great people that work here. My wife works here and I wanted to make sure that I left and didn't you know bother any of them on, you know, which is, and, great. Which is and, great. Yeah. In the process. And I think people expected more tea. I think people are also overblowing a lot of things. I, like, I mean, keep it a hundred meals. Like we know about a bunch of this type of stuff mm-hmm. that, that goes on. Like the, the creative, we know the creative's not good. I don't know why him saying it is like this Elmo, you know, the Elmo. Meme where, well, where, <laughs> I think it's because it's an actual, like it's it's just like a lot of it's not isn't really surprising to me. I don't. Yeah, know. I think it's because an actual person is saying it. You know what I'm saying? Like so many people, it, it, it's very rare you get this kind of unfiltered, un you know unabashed sort of view on this. It's very rare that you get someone who's legitimately sitting you down, going through situation, and you kind of get a peek inside the brain of this. And the only reason why people would compare it to punk is because I think from the perspective of it this is the first time since the punk one that we've got a kind of got this perspective from a major WWE superstar who has left and said like, Hey, boom, who doesn't currently have his own podcast. I'll say that. Um, who has come and sort of like out of them in this way. And like, this is my mind. This is my thinking. Um, yeah, but I, I, I still just thought it was like, yeah, I mean, every, every Vince kind of goes the same way. Like, mm-hmm. We all know that, like, Dean ain't going to change his mind any more than Triple H does, and that man's around him all the time. All right, so hold on. Well, let's let's talk about this. Has your view on Dean Ambrose changed since those, pretty much his WWE run, and then after listening to this podcast? My, what, what do you mean? Has your perspective on him changed in terms of, like, we all were like, this Dean thing ain't hitting 
He's not he's not the best in the ring. He's not the best with what he's given, all these other stuff. Like the character of it is kind of stale. Does anything kind of change for you in terms of just been like there had to have been a time. Well, here's my thing. There had to have been a time where he was completely okay with this. There had to have been. Because there there I mean, he was going, he was all in, so to speak, on that shit. There had to have been a time. Like he he's he primarily sticks to the last year and a half, two years of his contract on this interview, pretty much. Right. Where he had, he had been burnt out. I think the first half, sure, like, Dean was never crazy in, in anything that wasn't a, a Shield six-man anyway. So, like, you know, the in-ring for me, that's not going to change. I don't think it's going to change unless it's, like, a non-death match, match anyway. I think all his matches at AEW should be, like, he should be, like, the Sandman of sure. AEW, bro. Like, it should, it should, that's how it should be. But, like, I think that you know, talking about the Roman thing, stuff like that. Like these were things that we questioned at that time, but we did still like the turn. Right. Like we still fucked with the heel turn itself. We just thought that the actual, I, I, I think I remember saying on the show, like Roman probably approved that. And then we learned that it was a Vince thing, which I think, you know, wherever Vince goes, Roman will probably be like, okay, okay, cool. I give my blessing for that. But it was a bunch of things that like now listening to what he said and how he said, I was like, okay, I, I understand where he comes from, but his experience is like a lot of people's experience, but a lot of it's weird in WWE. A lot of people like play the game differently. Like I saw someone say, like, I wonder how what Daniel Bryan thinks about this. I'm like, I, I'm pretty sure Daniel Bryan goes through the same shit or probably worse than what Dean Ambrose went through in 20 fucking 14. Mm-hmm. And he's and he's still there. And right. I I think that his his situation, his relationship with Vince is different. I don't think that like you think that a lot of the stuff that he's doing right now, Vince was like, okay, I'm I'm gonna come up with this idea. Fuck no. I think a lot of that is Bryan. And right. that's because his relationship with, with Vince is different. And I think it's, I mean, I think his overall character is different as well. I feel like, so when they stuck the lunatic fringe on Dean Ambrose, I think that opened up a lot of country for a lot of kooky shit because it opened up a lot of the, the, the phrase of like, well, you're Dean Ambrose, man. You can make anything work. Like in terms of. And he did. And, but. <laughs> I agree, but it opens up a lot of country that perhaps he wanted to sort of get reeled in. I agree. One thing I'll agree with him is that the WWE sort of the ideas that are pitched to him and the things that are being said were absolute garbage. And I think a lot of it has hindered the experience. But I also think for what he wants, WWE isn't right for him. Yeah. I think he wants to be a little bit untapped, a little bit rated R, a little bit thing, but you can't really necessarily be that. You kind of have to reel it in. WWE is here for the sort of entertainment purposes. And he's here to sort of play like the killer in a movie, mm-hmm. a rated R movie. I think I, I respect it. Cause he's speaking from his experience. Like, I don't think anyone should be listening to this and saying, wow, man, I wonder what, I wonder if Tyler Breeze feels the same. I wonder like Tyler Breeze will probably be killed. Would, would kill probably to be featured the way Dean Ambrose was in his last six months. Yeah. You know, like the experience is not the same for everybody. And I think that's what I learned the most from this. It's like, damn, look at how long it took for Kofi to get up that high, you know? And then mm-hmm. he had, and then he's been doing it on his own terms for over five years with the new day. And he finally gets the, the title, you know, it's like, and we always say this, you get what you want, just not when you want it, you know? And some for some people that's just not enough, and I'm okay with that with Dean. But like, I, I feel like again, the discourse around this is that, man, I feel like this is like the, the CM Punk interview all over again. It's just like it's not because even Punk's situation 
is different from Dean's, but the only constant still, you know, stays the same. It's that creative is always going to be where Vince goes. Mm-hmm. Depending on your relationship with Vince, that's where your creative goes. And I think that like one thing that stuck out was that like, like Dean would get these, uh, Dean would get uh, edits. He said, and it would be like Dean needs to understand that this is the way that it has to go. And I think that him being insubordinate, it might have made Vince feel as though he was being like real, you know, hostile towards him. He was like, well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm gonna show him. So it, be- it becomes two bulls trying to fight each other, and but, and Dean just got tired of it. It's weird because when you're and and this is why I continue to say that WWE was in the right place for him. When you're under WWE, you're kind of owned by WWE. You become their entity as in 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 a character in a show as opposed to just like your own kind of wrestler. So ultimately, it's Vince McMahon's show, and you understand that when you sign on dotted line. It's Thank just you. like all characters, all things, all you know things go through Vince and you're represent you're representing his vision on his show. Wow. Speechless. I know. It's just it, it's weird because I completely understand where he's coming from. I, I think do, every I think everyone I, I does. completely understand where he's coming from. I completely agree that a lot of things that are given to him was crap and that kind of messed up the character of Dean Ambrose and that essentially messed up the time. And but there was a the but time, Mills, there was a point where he was there was a point where like he was all in on that shit. Like the, the money in the bank, Seth Rollins angle where he had, he opened up the fucking briefcase and it spit out green shit at him. People you think he was in on that. Yeah. But you think he was in on that. that? You think he was in on that though? I mean, people love it at all. Some but. of that shit he was in on. <laughs> I think he's talking like he was never down for none of that shit. Mm. And that's cap. <laughs> there was some shit he was in on. I think the last 18. I want to actually go back to probably that Dean Ambrose um WWE 24, which was kind of It's eerie. It's eerie when you when you think about that 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 shit now. Yeah, because I wanted to sort of watch that. I wanted to watch this before this, but I didn't have any time, but it's very eerie sort of when you watch it because you're seeing a person sort of I wouldn't say mentally break down, but it's like these two to me the 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 line between John Moxley, Dean Ambrose, and Jonathan, whatever. It's like a very weird line um, that kind of overlaps from time to time. I do think that there's generally like, I don't know. That 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 thing made me kind of make me feel like, yo, does he have some sort of like split personality type of deal? Probably. Because... Oh. <sighs> Cause here's my thing. Like when I, I go back to saying like there was a time where he was, was fucking with it, but it was like, I also look at that as like before when, when, you know, all that silly shit was going on, that was the height of what he was doing. Everyone loved him. Like there were people were calling him the new stone cold. But when you look at when he was unhappy, it was when the, when the, the creative started being a little bit more shit than usual or more like treadmill. That's when he wasn't cool with it no more. I'm talking like the right before, you know, right after he got injured, when he was coming back, and he saw that the creator was going to be kind of like the same as it was before. But that's I why. That's why I say like he probably was probably fucking with some of that shit. But I think just you know, like Mills, you can't say that he was like the way he was talking on that. He was like, I never liked anything they gave me. Like, come on. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say that. I think he accepted a lot of things that he gave him, um, that they gave him, and him, he did the exact things that he. Get that they gave him. But I think in terms of just like, all right, let's watch this character evolve. You become as an artist, you become unfulfilled and sort of being, you think he, you think he knew he wasn't going to get the title again. 
No, I don't think that's it. I don't think that's the case at all. I don't think that's the case at all. I think he was just re- realistically, creatively unfulfilled by the things that were given to him. It, mm-hmm. at, at some point, it didn't become fun because at some point, he it was not only the same thing over and over again, which he's been done over the last six years of just like spitting mustard in people's faces and telling, you know, various countries and, and states how much they stink. Um, I thought that was funny. I thought that was weird. I thought it was weird in the thing. I was just like, why is he saying this? It doesn't seem to come off as a, and, and this isn't like post like this interview where he like acknowledges it. But during, when, during that moment, he acknowledges it. I'm like, aha, like I knew something was off about that. Um, how did you feel post? He lets them know the news and kind of his direction from there. They deny a Jack's thing. Uh, the, I, I think we had all knew that we, we I think we even said it on the show, like he's going to go out on his back a lot. I think we knew that he was going to get punished. The Nia Jax thing. Um, they offered him a new contract didn't even bother to look at it. Um, they offered, they paid him $500 for his final show. Petty. You know, Vince, Petty. You, know Vince, you know, Vince Petty. Yeah. But I don't, that's still messed up, man. Like, Bro, I I paid five hundred dollars to do less life threatening things. (laughs) I mean, hey, Um, we know. My thing is, we know Vince Pat. Like, my thing is, like, how long are we are are we going to just you know? This is a shitty business, man. (laughs) No, I think I don't think it's a shitty business. I think the people, I think I honestly think some people who run it are are shitty. And not shitty as in like they're shitty people. I don't think they're, but I just. Think but there's also two sides to the story too. I th- I understand, but I also think that creatively, like their ideas are shit. Like I think creatively, I think sort of part of the business is shit. Um, I think the way people, um, in terms of backstage, kind of do their jobs, or at least from what we've heard, and the way the business is sort of run in terms of just like it's, it's, it's not the best. I think there's, and 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 we can see from the current product that it's not the best. There's just a lot of unfulfillment, a lot of people who are just sitting on the sidelines. We're going to talk about it on the show, but um, I think it's not the best, but he does say, I mean, he does look forward to his future in AEW. He says he looks forward to the freedom. He looks forward to being himself. So yeah, we, uh, we wish John Moxley, the the best in his in his future endeavors i i I think that um even if i wasn't a fan of his creative and uh is his in-ring i think he definitely is a character that has resonated with a lot of people obviously um and i think that at the end of the day how much you blame on creative how good is john moxley anyway what you mean how much do i blame yeah i mean i don't think i don't think i liked a a dean ambrose match in about two years keep doing it since the yeah. AJ stuff. So it's like, to me, it's not a big loss to me. I don't even think it's like a huge loss to WWE. Like, I I, I think they have a bunch of people that can slide into that position. I think it's a little half and half. No, yeah, I think it's more w, on WWE's things for how they sort of fumbled it. But I also think, like, let's keep it 100 with you. Like, before this AEW thing, no one was talking about Dean Ambrose or John Moxley in a great light. Mm-hmm. So it's no reason to kind of, like, Oh man, like they did him wrong. Like people weren't clamoring over the matches. 
People weren't clamoring over the character. People weren't clamoring over a lot of things. People wanted to see Seth. They wanted to see Roman. They wanted to see things. But people weren't saying, like, damn, you know what? Dean Ambrose didn't get his due. Like, you know, he's really, like, one of the top guys there. Like, people weren't saying that, to be honest with you. People say that about Cesaro. People say that a lot of other people, especially on the card right now, that we'll get yeah. on to. Yeah. But, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Just uh, speaking of creative, um, let's get to Raw. Uh, a show that had a very strong, like you want to talk about like how creative is like up and down. Like I watched this show, you, you know, looking on Twitter, I would have thought this was the worst thing that had, had ever happened. I think this show had a very strange first hour where there were literally no matches. I don't even know why they did that. They had no matches in the first hour. I think they were trying something different. It did not work. It, no. it, it was these kind of like this weaving between segments and storylines and, and, and moments and sections and things like, like that that didn't build anything um the open of the show wow well yeah so first of all how do you feel about boombox brock because we didn't get your <laughs> your views on it last week I, I loved it last week and i loved it more this week i think brock is just such a piece of shit character like he just loves being the shit eating heel it's, uh, it's rare for him to have this natural charisma it's rare for brock i mean he don't get me wrong brock let's show it to show it off yeah to show it off yeah i mean he has charisma in terms of like okay you believe the things that he is but he doesn't have that kind of like smarmy smirky evil actual heel charisma I saw I, I saw people saying oh, I can't believe they're doing comedy Brock and I was like did you did y'all not see two thousand was it two thousand three Brock against Eddie like did y'all forget that first of all have you not seen every villain in any major movie in the last <laughs> like in terms of just like how villains are not just these one dimensional like I I breathe smoke I shoot fire like all these type of deals they have characters some of them are assholes Brock Lesnar is one of them I think this is the this is the most interesting Brock has been to me in years, maybe. Like, I, I think him with the money in the bank provides a level of stress and pressure where the WWE could realistically, like they did at Money in the Bank, the actual pay-per-view, he could just show up anywhere. He and I, up. I love That's the scariest thing about it, right? The scariest right. thing is that he's laughing in your face because he knows at the end of the day, like, listen, this is at one point it's going to be over for somebody. Right. Um, and he's got a year, and he realized this too. Oh, well, first of all, the, the weirdest part about it, and I, and I talked about this before in our discussion earlier, is that you brought up Brock Lesnar twice. Rare. That's rare on the same show, especially within one hour after the next. So you brought him out twice. I, I think to pop the second hour rating, which I think I think was the highest rated. Uh, let, let's be clear. Raw did abysmal on Monday, but I think the, it, it did. <laughs> it's it, but I, but. But yeah, it was a holiday. No, nothing was did well uh, on Monday. But I think the second hour he did pop a rating for that. So there you I go. I think the fact that they brought him out for the first hour and then they brought him out for a second hour for completely the same result. They they bought on as just like, hey, we're gonna cash in this money in the bank thing. They didn't do it the first hour. I get it. Let's leave it there. It's not gonna happen. The second hour they bring him back out to do with the same result of like, we're still not cashing in. I was just like, what is going on here? 
Um, I'll uh, be the, the, the Seth segment was the second time, right? The Kofi was the first. Seth was the second, right? Well, Kofi and Kofi and Seth were in the first segment. Okay, and okay. It was just Seth in the second segment. It was right, very weird. Kofi got beat because Kofi got beat up. Right? Mind you, Kofi is also feuding with Dolph Ziggler, and Seth Rollins is getting a challenger presented to him later in the evening. So it's kind of all these kind of like cross signal kind of dealies. That's not really. I I hate what. I hate wild card right now and I wish it would go away. Um, I think it's a little more noticeable on SmackDown than raw, but um, I really don't like more noticeable on raw than SmackDown. That's where I Well, I think, I think what, what kills it on raw is the fact that the tag teams are gone completely on raw because of it. Right. Cause you got to have time for Roman on, for some reason for on both shows. Now it's like, it's, very strange. It's Roman on both shows. It's Shane on both shows. It's Kofi on both shows. It's Becky on both shows. And that's really who's the kind of extent of the wild card. Mm-hmm. Um, and our truth on both shows, which I'm, I can't be mad at. You I'm know. cool with that. I'm, re- I'm okay with that. Um, uh, let's talk about Ricochet and Cesaro having a banger. I remember you said uh, a couple minutes ago that they have a great match every week. And I, I thought this was this was part of the course uh, with, between these two. This is their um, second match together in, in as many weeks. And I thought that Ricochet... Remember I said like they were putting him against Robert fucking rude. Mm-hmm. And I think that that just showed the, you know, he, he's not dynamic against someone who only does headlocks, you know, right. I think you give him Cesaro, he's able to do all of his cool shit. But I think the thing about Ricochet that, you know, and I said this even when he was in NXT is that like, he's not just a flippy guy anymore. Like he's a guy that builds spots off of these moves where it's like, these moves don't become aerial, you know, spots. They become spots of him trying to survive. Like the finish of that match was tremendous to me because it was literally him coming out of nowhere and, and improvising in order to win. I really liked this match. It was probably um, probably my favorite match of uh, of the show on on Raw. I think you know Cesaro is a great person and to for well a great foil for you know Ricochet. Yeah, someone who flips, someone who's able to take this, someone who's able to dish out believable offense, someone who's able to take these moves. Not a lot of people will be able to take the moves that Cesaro does. Or be able to, you know, do the creative spots that he kind of does, mm-hmm. or things like that. Um, I think every once in a while, Cesaro has to remind you that he's one of the greatest wrestlers on earth currently, um, walking, living, breathing, and and this was no exception. I really love the match. I hope they continue it. I hope they put it on a pay per view. I hope they continue to sell it. I think, especially in a sort of wild card situation where a lot of people aren't getting time, these are two guys who. They're flourishing, I'll say. They're flourishing for now. I, st- I still say Rickish. They see something with him. I, I, yeah, I mean, he at least has direction here. Uh, I, I never a fan of him losing so much, but I, I get it. He does get his wins back, which yeah. is always weird. He's gonna have to lose eventually. I mean, he's yeah. gonna have to lose eventually. I don't think we're leading towards anything. To me, we're not leading towards anything with Ricochet now. We're just kind of establishing Ricochet. We're trying right. to get eyes on him and let people really kind of see what he's made of and things like that. But I think eventually, probably by the end of the year, they're gonna probably prop him up closer to the main event. I hope. Uh, I, the the through line story other than twenty four seven this week was the Usos in the revival, uh, and they, they had a, they had a cookout. And I, you know what, I I liked it. I like it. I really too. did like the Uso stuff. I like the Uso revival stuff. I know a lot of people. Here's my thing with the revival thing. It's like people complain so much about them not getting TV time or you know being made to look like this, that, and the third. They've been the most interesting than they've ever been 
<laughs> in this feud with the Usos ever. I, I fucks with this feud, and I like that it's the Usos that, that are doing it with them. I feel like it's a clash of cultures. It's a clash of styles. It's a clash of so many things that even when you look at the screen, all you can need to do is look at a picture, and you kind of know what's going on. Right. You kind of it, it, it's something that can sort of build itself, and it's got these natural chemistry between these four guys who do amazing work in the ring and haven't really been against each other, but also they're not just in ring guys. They're mm-hmm. guys who can translate that on the mic, translate that in backstage segments. They're just they're making it work and they're making it believable, and they're making you buy into this sort of rivalry. I dig it. It's something different. I I, I respect it. You know. I liked it. I, I, I liked that it was a, a. I liked that they kept them on the show. Um, I was, I was talking about this earlier this week. I, I have noticed that the actual tag team champions haven't been on the show in about three weeks, and I don't know nor who have they been, are. It's a uh, Ryder and uh, Hawkins. Oh yeah, and they were last time we saw them, they were getting beat by the Viking Raiders. So I'm guessing that that's going to happen eventually soon i would imagine that whoever comes out on top of this revival usos few will be facing the viking raiders and i would i would imagine that that's going to be pretty awesome when it does happen if it ever happens i hate um, the wild card rule me too um another great 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 match uh that i really liked on this show and a lot of people i you know saw differing opinions on it was a Miz, baron bobby drew elimination match i think that Bobby Lashley looked really good in this match. I think, you know what? I think people didn't like this match because they give you four guys who you're not supposed to read. I, for wrestling fans, are not rooting for. Yeah, like, you know why I mean? is Miz always the only face in these matches? And why is he always taking the pin? Like, goddamn, like, come on, man. Like, Bobby can't <laughs> eat. Bobby can't eat it. Like, I knew, I bet Miz, when Miz saw he's in these th- in this ring with these three horses, he's like, oh, bam, I am losing today. Um, he makes it work. I, I think he does make it work. The crowd is firmly behind Miz in a way that I've never seen, you know, even, you know, as a face, even in, in a loss, he doesn't really look like a geek. But it, it was the same way when he was a heel, too. I think he's just one guy that, like, fans will hate them. Hate him if he if he wants him to, and they'll love him if he wants him to too. Like I'm, I'm very much all in on, on Miz's um face turn, and I honestly I think he should be the U.S. champion if you want to keep it on it. I think he's uh in terms of just what he's brought to it, he's probably the most recognizable mid card on the on the show. Like mm-hmm. he's in terms of just an attraction match, it's like okay, the Miz. You know, first of all, you know he can do his part in the ring as of now. Um, and then you know that people will be actually watching. And then yeah. people are actually legitimately cheering for the Miz. Um, Baron Corbin goes over. So now Baron Corbin will be going up against Seth Rollins at um, Super Showdown. A sneaky, you know, Super Showdown is a sneaky good card. It's got some sneaky good matches on there. <laughs> mm, this ain't. This is a sneaky... Uh, me sneaking away to the bathroom <laughs> during this match. That one would be, but I mean, I think we're going to be seeing Seth and Baron a lot. This, I this feel, summer. yeah. I mean, they look so, like they'd be doing. This is a very much so a house show match, and this is very much so a house show show. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, main event on the show. Uh, actually, there, there was women stuff on this show. Uh, Becky. I like stuff. Becky and Becky and Nikki versus Becky. the the Iconics. It was cool. I like. I, I think I, I like the, the finisher. The nah, no, the finisher. No, that finisher. Hell nah. That finisher's but, a no. The manhandle. Nah. We uh, go back to the drawing board. Just do a rock bottom. Like, <laughs> yeah, that shit was. That shit was ass. We were yeah, trying yeah. to figure out, like, yo, was it Payton? Was it Becky? I was like, I think the move stinks. <laughs> I think it's, I'm looking back at it now, and that move is just. 
Just do the rock bottom, girl. Yeah, forgot it. Forgot it here. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, Sami Zayn's <laughs> electric chair segment. Oh, do you Bad think I- we should do that more? We'll be honest. No, 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 no. Bad no. idea from the jump. Yeah, I say give it another week. I say give it another week. Give if it's just Sammy, it, I I like the incest comment, but it was like it was cringy. Give it another week. I say give it another week. It might not. I feel like this is one. This is one moment away from this being immortalized, like a talking smack or a, or, or or I don't know what else. Bite this or something along those lines. Like this is one thing away from being immortalized. The electric chair is the segment name hosted by Corey Graves. Uh, it led There's to an a, electric uh, chair to... in the ring. That, that spin. <laughs> electric chair propped up on a spinning, yeah, the spinning swivel. <laughs> spins. So you can see all the fans and insult all the fans. It's... I wish I wish an ex-con or, or not an ex-con, but a con, uh, you know, somebody on death row, like was able to spin their electric chair around. <laughs> like, um no, but I thought all right, I'm not totally against this version. I think it's something different. I think it's something I bring it up because I think Sammy was wilding for even talking about AEW. I feel like it's a nice – well, I think it's – one, I think it's a nice third-hour thing. Two, why the hell not? Yeah. It's a, why not? Like, what are we – What are we? I think for the last decade, WWE has ignored, like, we don't say TNA on the show. It's going to do this pop. Let's get it out the way from now so it's not a thing in three, four years, <laughs> for the next three, four years. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we don't have to hear AEW chants at every show now that Sami Zayn has acknowledged that this thing exists and it's a mm-hmm. brand. Right. Like, let, let's get it out of the way from now. I, 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 I liked it. I liked the little questions. I liked the duh from the little girl. I thought it was adorable. Yeah. Um, I say try one more time. If it bombs, I'm all worried. I'm throwing it out and never using that chair again. Well, it led to the uh, a pretty solid main event, honestly. I, I think the actual matches on Raw were actually really good. I, I think that um, the, the main event was, was really solid. I don't think we see Sammy and Seth enough or, or very much. On, um, Sammy Zane's kind of been whole, propping up the main event scene, to be honest he, with you. He has. And I, I really like, I think that he. You know, with his character now, he should be rewarded greatly with uh, a really good uh, top of the card spot. I think he he holds the same type of uh, cachet that Kevin Owens does on SmackDown, and that he can have a good match with pretty much everybody. I don't think it's cachet though. If it was if it was John Moxley, it might not be the greatest cachet to be honest with. You. Yikes! You're right. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I thought it was a really good main event. I thought Seth sold, sold the knee very well there and did a lot of really cool shit with the one knee stuff, like doing the one the like the one legged frog splash, like jump off with the one leg. I thought that was a really cool spot. Uh, I thought it was really good. I, I love, let me just say, I love the booking of Becky, Seth and Kofi of, as their face champions. Mm-hmm. They're so getting the strongest. They've been behind these face champions in quite some time. Yes. Clean wins. They look, they look cool. They're they're They have conviction. I love this. I, I love the, the, you know, if there's anything we complain about the creative, I cannot, I cannot rave enough about how they've made the faces look this year so far. Yeah, yeah, they're doing a great job. I think we're going to remember these runs a lot differently than probably what the what we're going through now in terms of all the creative blah 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 in the WWE. But yeah, yeah. I, the match quality is as always stellar. I, I thought you know second half of Raw was really good. Uh, SmackDown Live 
um, really nice weaving of the 24-7 title throughout the show here. I really liked it. I, now, we didn't get your thoughts last week on it. It was unveiled last week. It was a oh, thing. Yeah. Um, you know, you could hear a fart <laughs> in, in section 110 after it was unveiled. And I agree with you. You don't bring Foley out to do stuff like that anymore. I mean, but the, who else do you bring out? <laughs> it could have been. It could have been fucking anybody. It could have just been Shane doing it, honestly, because it would have. And it also would have made narrative sense because Shane was the one who introduced it. Mm-hmm. And Shane could have been the one that said, OK, I stop it for the night. You know, like I thought that would have been cool. I thought I, I, I was like, man, you know, if you didn't have fully do it, you could have had Shane be the guy that paused it just for that moment like he did on SmackDown um, on Tuesday night. But I, honestly, overall, 24-7 title, like if it gets everyone on the show and it's something where, you know, guys like EC3 and, and, and even Cedric Alexander get to do a spot a night, cool. I'm with fine with any Hill theme playing behind them as they're running backstage. I'm cool with that, too. I mean, again, people always want to say they missed the attitude era when things mattered. And it's like, OK, here's a thing that matters. That's the title. It's What's the thing that mattered. The 24-7 title, by all means, has continued the uh, the legend of our truth, I will say. In terms a of Hall of Famer, two-timer. Taking anything that's given to him. To, uh, J- John Moxley-esque material. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and making, oh, yeah, I, I thought it was good with... with no, he's making complete gold out of yeah, it. Yeah, he, he makes... Yeah, he makes that. He makes chicken salad out of chicken shit, so to speak. And you know, it's not bad. It's not bad it's at not all. Bad. I, I thought his storyline. I thought his storyline with with, with uh, Roman was was very good tonight or on on Tuesday night. Uh, you know, he of course lost the. You know, I love the weaving a lot more in SmackDown than I did Listen, on Raw. It's so good like it was to prop sh- up your guys in these sort of main event things. Like you'll never know if they're able to go and you never know how much people would be able to get behind them. If you don't prop them up in these sort of deals. Like I think, first of all, our truth is evergreen over. He's just going to be over like Rover until the rest of his life. Um, mm-hmm. And putting him with Rowan Reigns also Rover over. Um, and oh, the, he was, Oh, he was. Woo. And then, so you have it, the situation is like, well, our truth got his ass kicked, you know, Roman Reigns, he's fighting from behind against these really two buff guys. Um, how will this end up? I thought it was great. I thought it was great television. I thought it was a great story. It did remind me of 97. Yeah, it, I thought it was a great story of just weaving. First of all, you you, you got the title in there. Boom. Um, in terms of if you want to put over this championship that you just introduced, you're putting it in the main event. It's great. Um, you're getting Roman in there in a creative way. You're getting Elias and Drew in there, Shane McMahon in there. You, you're killing like four birds with one stone in the span of two segments. I thought it was a lot better than how they did on for the opening of Monday Night Raw, where they kind of just like, it was just like an orgy of like things. Um, but this one just felt a lot more creative and it felt a lot more natural. One more thing that I did love about SmackDown, the opening match, just getting right to it between Kofi and Kevin Owens. I have to tell you right now, Mills, I did want to tell you last week, you were, I, I, I've come around. I am, I am a very, I mean, as you did, as you probably guessed already with how glowing I am about how they're treating the champions. I think Kofi's reign is pretty damn good, man. Listen, I mean, when you're right, you're right. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's all I'll say about this. You don't have to do all that. God damn. <laughs> Listen, the Kofi, I know you, the Kofi can three, it's great. I know you're not a fan of the, the Dolph thing, but I think the Dolph Ziggler thing is cool. He had like Kofi has to 
have these kind of like, you know, buffer matches in between things to get him to bigger, bigger uh, feuds. And, and I think that the Dolph, the Dolph thing is going to be cool. I think it's going to be a cool match. I think, I mean, it's definitely not going to be a bad match. I think Dolph still no, has it's a, good match. Be a bad match at all. Like I think it'll be, and we haven't seen these guys wrestle in years. So I, I, I do think that that match is going to be at least solid. I, I won't see it because it's, it's going to be at the super showdown, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's going to be cool. I could do, I could do without Dolph. I could do without Dolph. That's all I'm saying. Um, Great, great match between Kofi and KO. I thought it was a great little nice way to wrap it up. They're still making Kofi Kingston look incredibly strong, incredibly champion-esque. Someone who's at the top of his division and cannot be touched right now. Um, I thought I thought it was great. I wonder, for me now, I'm wondering what happens to KO post this. Um, we will see. But yeah, you know. I, I think they go right back to it after, because he's not going to Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. So I think mm. they go right back to it. Because remember when Brian wasn't going and they had AJ beat him uh, right before? But that's Brian and Styles. <laughs> this I is know. KO. This I is know. KO. But I, I still, I'm, I'm still confident. I they haven't been the nicest to KO. They legitimately woke him up out of a, a, a several months slumber for him to lose multiple matches. <laughs> they brought him back to lose. A lot. Oh, no, I didn't even bring him back for that. I, I wait and see. Wait and see. All right. Yeah, we can definitely wait and see. Um, Brian and Rowan had a great promo <laughs> on Tuesday. Was it really? I thought it was really funny. Was it really? That and when when Heavy Machinery came out, the look on his fucking face. The look on my face. How about that? The look uh, on my face was incredibly different. I, you know what? I'm sure they'll make magic out of this. I'm still not Heavy Machinery guy. Oh, Give me man. someone else. Give me Viking Raiders. This is why you put. This is why you put Daniel Bryan in these positions to elevate these guys because you never know who it's going to be. You never mm-hmm. know who it's going to be. You never know. You never know. Sometimes it's Big Cass. Sometimes it's AJ Styles. You oh, never. Oh God! See, like that's backhanded. But at this, at the end of the day, I, I, I mean, I think there's definitely something that they see in heavy machinery. And I think that, I mean, if you have a tag team division, they have to defend it. And I think that, you know, Brian's slogan of, of you know, uh, saving the tag team division is, is really, it's really solid. I, I like it. I, I'm going to wait and see what this one as well and see where this goes. I think the match will happen soon. I'm all in this for Daniel Bryan and literally no one else. Oh, God. I, I, yay, man. Rowan's, he's held up his end of the bargain, I think. I thought the Usos match that they did where they won the belts was really, really good. And I think Rowan was a part of that. He was not just a body. Are you sure? <laughs> Go rewatch it. It was not just a body. I, I think I went like three and a fourth on that one. It was it's really good. I mean, he got to wrestle in the match. I mean, yeah, but are we sure he's All not right. just a body? All uh, right, man. All right. All have right. you have you seen? You remember Pinky in the Brain? You're a Rusev fan, bro. You know, you remember Pinky in the Brain? Do you remember Snowball? That's what Eric Rowan reminded me of. There's a giant rat inside of his brain controlling him with controls. Okay, that's what he reminds me of. Snowball, Eric right. Rowan. Okay. All right. Anyway. Uh Bailey. Looking strong too. Bailey. I mean, yeah. You're waiting right? for the you're waiting for the other shoe to drop for her, which I'm is waiting like- for the anvil. <laughs> I'm waiting for Charlotte Flair to show up with an anvil and drop it on her. And that'll be it. I can't I I, I can never it's here's the thing. They haven't done a great job over the last was how long has Bailey been up here? Five years, four years, three years? They haven't done a great job in them instilling confidence in me about Bailey. I guess this is the same thing that you experienced with the Kofi Kingston thing before they turned you around. But 
I know the, the I know the anvil is coming. I don't but, think so. But for right now, she's doing a great job. Yeah. But it's like it's not that we didn't think she would ever do a great job because Bailey's great at what she does. You, but you, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. But there was just never no in terms of being the the if you talk about being a third wheel, I mean Sasha Banks probably feels like the most neglected thing right now, but it, it was Bailey <laughs> before Bailey took a lot more L's before Sasha ever did. Yeah, I'll tell you that. I think um, I think the fact that we think she's going to lose all the time actually adds to her matches. Because I thought she was going to lose the Lacey match, and she did it. And I was like, "Wow, I'm actually happy that she won." How do you feel about afterwards, where Charlotte Flair just decided f all of this and she beat up Lacey Evans? Do you think? Well, Lacey started it. That doesn't look good for Lacey Evans, though, to be honest with you. They might need to have a match on Monday. <laughs> she put the toe jam in her face. The ugly heels, man. Ugh, I, I think that um, I, th- I think Lacey's uh, performing at a very high level right now, especially with the top uh, women, like the horse women right now. I, I, think I think she's performing at a high level because she's with people who are at a high level. I think if you put her against anyone else, it becomes a little bit more apparent up what level she's at well i think becky was a fucking body in that match at money in the bank i lacy was doing all types of flips and shit and becky was just becky is trying to uh, position this match around and lacy evans out there she 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 went to the level of lacy evans she also knew she had a match against charlotte flair literally right after so it's like she can't use all the good stuff one day one day you will see I mean, one, one day you'll see. Continue. To, to, I, I wish I had the table. Sell me on Lacey Evans, please, please, by all means. Do it. <laughs> prove prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. <laughs> Lacey Lacey Evans is trash. Prove me wrong. <laughs> and I'm ready there. I'm ready. I'm waiting. Um, Let, let's. Uh, I want to pour out a little liquor. Let's uh, do it. Let's pour out a little liquor on uh, the missing SmackDown Live superstars. First of all, I want to pull up this roster. There's a lot more missing than we think. But first up, I want to I want to pour out some liquor for Rusev and Nakamura. Rusev and Nakamura, Nakamura, former NXT champion, multiple time NXT champion, former NXT, former US champion, former. Did you know that he almost main evented WrestleMania once? <laughs> yeah, or he did. I mean, he was one of the main events. No, you wouldn't be able to tell me that. Oh God, in a couple weeks. Uh, buddy, um, buddy, Buddy Murphy as well. Buddy uh, Murphy, he literally victim. asking for a match against the heel on Twitter. <laughs> victim, victim of victim of the wild card, I think. Victim um, of the wild card. Um, can we, we we can omit. I think we could omit that guy he challenged to. I I think that they are waiting to. Uh, they're he's not missing. It's clear they have something for him. They're waiting for it. Listen, pour one up for. I guess Apollo Cruz has been on the show. He's been running. Yeah, he's on. been on the show. Yeah, he's been on the show. Pour he's one been, up. He's been running on the for a belt. Pour one up for Sin Cara, man. Pour, pour, I'm pouring right now. Go ahead. SmackDown, I think more than anything, like I know I just said this, SmackDown is a proponent of like getting like the best of the of the shakeup and then like literally like doing nothing with it a week later. Pour one up for Finn Balor. My man has literally no, like, you know why he wasn't on the show. It's because of the, with this the fake injury. Don't give me that shit. That shit <laughs> Everyone was, was in the match. Fake. That shit was not fake, bro. There was he, a, nobody got fucked up like Finn Balor. <laughs> he looked hurt. Nobody got fucked up. Stop, he being hurt, a, hurt. stop being an asshole, bro. You know that nobody was taking those bumps like he was on, on that day, dog. He no hurt, way. Hurt, dog. He looked hurt, hurt. <laughs> like, they hurt his soul. 
they hurt the, they beat the shit out of him. And I, I do not blame him for not. Man, being gotta on the wobble show. out next week in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> he was hurt. Oh my god! But no, I'm not pouring out for Finn Balor because he's still a focal part. He was he was at least fucking mentioned on the show this week. He's Let's it's pour, <laughs> pour one out for Chad Gable. Pour pouring it pouring it pouring pour it one out for Chad Gable. Let's yep. see. Let's pour one out for the the missing members of um sanity. Pour one out for well, we, no, well, no, they're not missing. Eric Young was on Raw. Well, Killian Dane is missing. Killian Dane will probably be on NXT soon, and uh, Alexander Wolf showed up on NXT UK this week. Shout out to Eric Hollow. Yeah, make sure you follow that show. The call up. Um, let's see. Let's pour for who's on Monday Night Raw. We got to pour for. I guess everyone was in that barbecue, huh? Um, wow. Even wow. Okay. Still, I would. I like think to- I think Mr. Bootiesworth was at that barbecue too. Everyone was there, man. I mean, I feel like pouring up for the people from Mojo Raleigh who got a new gimmick and can't even use it. <laughs> I'm glad. Well, I don't, are we pouring up for that? I'm, I'm not gonna waste. I'm not gonna waste whatever's in this glass on that. <laughs> I'm not gonna waste. It. Pour one up for for Samoa Joe because if it's not him getting hurt, it's his opponents. <laughs> no, he was on he was on Raw Monday, man. Shut up. Pour one up for him. Pour no, I'm not pouring. He, he was on the show. Man. These are people that aren't on the show at all. Pour one up for No Way Jose, who thought new extensions would get him a spot on the show. All right, pour one up. Pour one up. Pour another one up. Pour one up for Leo Rush. Just I think they. I think I, I said they should have had Seth Rollins curb stomp him into a box that was labeled WWE PC. Pour one up for him, man. Pour one up for Cedric Alexander. They brought him from the depths of two. Was on Live. Monday night. He was on Raw this week. From what the two or five live. All Whoa. you see him now. You might as well. If you attached a compilation of his Monday Night Raw moments, a lot of it's going to be the Benny Hill theme playing. I'll be honest. No, with a you. lot of it's going to be that Cesaro of it, match. Like the little Flintstones running of the feet. Like, like, a lot of it is going to be the Cesaro match that he had that, that first week. The one that he lost? Yeah, I remember that. Well, you knew he was going to lose that shit. But I'm not pouring out for him because he showed up on the fucking show. I'm talking people that don't show up at all. Pour for EC3. Having to watch MJF. <laughs> He was on Raw. EC3 has to watch MJF do his gimmick. Mills, you're not being fair right now. I'm talking about people. I'm talking about people against Bret Hart, bro. Bret Hart, Bret the Hitman Hart, MJF. By all means, I don't know him. I was I was about to call him a goober, but I don't know him that well. He looks like he looks like a manager at TGI Fridays. All right, goober esque, goober Jace. EC3. I'm not pouring out. Who's perfected that gimmick? Having to see someone else insult Bret Hart. <sighs> I'm not pouring out. I'm not pouring out for him. He showed up on the show. Pour one out for um, the Lucha House Party, who's got a job to <laughs> Lars Sullivan at the Super Showdown. They're on the show, Mills. What are you talking about? They're on the show. But they have the job to Lars Sullivan. We'll, we'll pour one out. Let's pour one out for them when that happens. Pour one out for them. Pour, all right. You're you're naming people that are clearly that that show up on that show almost weekly. Don't say Matt Hardy either because he showed up too. He was running with his one bad hip. Pour one out for just a just an internal pour one out for the Ascension. They're never. I don't know how they're still here. How have they not jump shipped AEW? How have they not determined? Does does AEW want them? I, I would say so. Probably they ain't doing nothing with them. You probably think they can reinvent them. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. I ain't pouring out for that either. I'm saving the, the last couple of names you've you named. I've saved in the bottle. I've saved the liquid in the in the bottle. Pour one out for uh for 
damn, they're all been on the show. Damn. Yeah, thank you, thank you. A lot of people um, have been on the show. A lot of, but a lot of people that we like. Pour one out, pour one out for Liv Morgan. There we go. I Got was waiting pour for one out for Liv. That's a, that's a long pour. That's a long pour. All right, it's a long for you, but <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Got to pour one out for Liv Morgan. Just didn't have a chance. She's perfectly fine and able, and it seems she's fine. I'm well, actually, you know what? I don't want to say that. It seems she's fine and able. But I think she's not injured. She probably would have said something on Twitter. Pouring off of Mickey James too. Mickey James. That's a poor. That's a poor. In in in, in cute outfits backstage with no one to watch, see it. That's a poor. Okay, I think uh, that's it. Yeah, pouring off for Oscar just uh, just for me. She she's I don't know what they're doing, but she does still show up on the show. <laughs> Allegedly. Like the women's like she was just, wasn't she just on the show last week? She was just contending for it. What happened? To, what's with the women's tag? Pour one out for the women's tag team division. All right, Mills, we're done with this. What's going on with that? <laughs> they, they at least showed up on the damn show this week. Pour one out for two hundred five live. <laughs> oh god! All right, all right. I, I think that's it for the show this week. Pour uh, one out for Mike and Maria. You know their contracts up in three weeks. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I ain't pouring out shit for them. <laughs> Maria just had to. I had to make it clear that our contracts are up in three weeks. He was like, "Just go, girl. Just go. <laughs> like it's not a big deal. Just leave." I don't give a fuck. <laughs> uh, that's it for the show. Um, of course, follow us on at RNC Radio Live uh, for all the latest and greatest of uh, our shows. We just had an episode of spot callers with myself and meals and Cyrus, uh, going over heroes of wrestling, a very infamous show, uh, first 20 year anniversary. We did not do, we did not even talk about NXT of course, cause we have a show called the call up with Eric Hallow that airs on Fridays. I believe that we will be making a, an appearance on the show to actually do the prediction for takeover 25 on Saturday. So take a look or actually not take a look, but, uh, keep a lookout for that on, uh, on Friday with myself and Mills will be joining Kahlo to give our predictions on NXT uh, 25 on his uh, first prediction show. So congratulations to him for actually getting a takeover to review and predict within a month of his, his premiere. Uh, and we have, we have so much other stuff going on. You had a new episode of the lookout this week, Mills. You want to talk about what you're talking about on that? We had a great episode of lookout with Rainy. Shout out to Rainy Ovale. Um, we talked about, you know, some cool anime shit, some cool Dragon Ball Z shit. It's really, really yeah, good. All right. All right. It's really good. It's really good. <laughs> you made it sound like some, some smack DVD shit there. No, I mean, it's cool. It's, it's it's very, very cool. You know, it's past my bedtime. Come on. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. Just just to wrap it up, just everything is, that's happening on RC. Uh, we also had the, the, uh, the finals preview on RSPN with Mark, Jeff, and special guest, per, that Persian guy from Toronto talking about the, you know, the feelings of, of how, you know, everybody in the city uh, are feeling after the Raptors are going to go to the finals to get smacked in five games or less by the golden state warriors. I'm calling it right now. Uh, but yeah, until next week on the a show for just uh, for meals. I'm Justin. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. My champion is still black and he's doing really great. So thanks for asking. <laughs>